it's not easy to be a better version of yourself every year and our strength in marketing has definitely helped us to reach that scale. We're really good on some of the principles. The first one being we're relentlessly focused on ROI. The second principle, we've always used tech for marketing. And I think the third principle is a strong focus on testing and learning also in our marketing team, not just in our product development. Hello and welcome to Speak Like a CEO, the leading podcast on CEO communications, where we dissect how the 1%, the top 1% of CEOs and founders communicate and lead. And my guest today, someone very special, his name is Arne Schepke. He is the CEO of Babbel, the world's leading language app and ecosystem. You've probably heard about them and you've probably used some of their products already. So Arne, really, really excited to have you here today. Yeah, great, Oliver. Nice to be here. So Babbel is an interesting brand name. Where, where does it come from? Hi. Um, so the, the founders have told me that uh, it actually goes back to, to two sources. One is the story of the, the, the Tower of Babel, um, where I think the, the people of Babel back then wanted to build a tower that would take them to heaven so they could be closer to God and equal to God. God disagreed and he created uh, the, the famous confusion of languages, of different languages, which forced them to abandon their, their projects and never got them uh, quite up into, into heaven. Um, and then he scattered um, all those people on the construction sites uh, across the whole earth uh, for, the, for the same reason. So I think you can read that up in the, um, in the, in the Bible. Um, and the second one is, uh, is, is um, actually many, many different dialects. For, for example, the, the Hessian dialect, which is the area around Frankfurt, um, actually, there's the word Babel means conversations or talking to someone. Um, so that's that's the two two sources. And and by now, um, I would say we're so well known across the the world that we're um, that we we have built a brand um, on our on our own. A little fun fact: um, many many thousands of years after the the biblical story, we actually now have B two B customers. So companies in the construction business who use Babel to, to upskill their workforce, um, to, to foster the understanding and especially the safety in the workplace. So yeah. a little fun, fun aside. That, that's amazing. Um, interesting that the Tower of Babel is, is an interesting metaphor to use for a company. Um, but fortunately, you're, you're anything but a, a crumbling tower. In fact, um, the company's gone, gone from strength to strength because I, I'm guessing you're solving a fundamental problem of humanity. Most humans can't understand each other, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that fundamental problem of human to human uh, communication and, and beyond the communication, even human to human understanding is really at the core of what what drives us as a, as a team and also what, what brought me to Babel personally and what, what drives me um, personally. We, we believe and we see every single day that language has the power to connect human beings, to, to break down barriers, to foster a, a deeper level of understanding that can cross um, you know, different cultures, different backgrounds, etc. And that's, that's our purpose as a, as a company. That's what we, we, we strive to achieve every single day. Um, and we call it creating mutual understanding through language. Um, we really want to enable people to learn languages, um, apply what they've learned in, in real life, help them communicate effectively and you know, do that. Uh, globally, so to to ultimately promote um, you know, mutual understanding, promote tolerance, uh, promote uh, mutual respect. Um, that's what what keeps us up. Yeah, and uh, how do you do that? I mean, is is it an app? Is it in class teaching? So for those who who don't know you yet. Yeah, so historically we um, we started by building a, a language learning app um, where you could learn on on your own time, um, you know, um, learn learn something new, review it on the, at the right intervals, um, in a safe space, you and and your phone or you and your your computer. Um, it's 
it's proven to be more effective than than any other method of learning simply because it comes with with high frequency right with a with a daily usage um so we we learn better over over time um and since then we've actually added things like podcasts like where uh, um, i'm actually right. in our in our podcast studio right now um where we record our, our language learning podcasts we've we've added videos we've added um live t live tutoring um so babel live which is the typical group class uh, setting that you'll know from from high school or from 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 language school um in a virtual setting obviously in a digital setting um and we we create what what we now call the ecosystem of, of language learning experiences and to to make sure that you can surround yourself with more than than one stimulus um with multiple stimuli with multiple learning methods which again gives us our brains more um opportunities to connect and to to learn faster and more more effectively mm. it sounds like you're going down the path of complete immersion right so i think the the ideal learning environment for languages to immerse yourself in the language and the culture and that is that is great if you move to a country and don't know anyone who speaks your own language as as i pretty much did to learn english so that was that was very effective i would say um but that's not how most people learn a language right so this is um i'm guessing you're trying to get close to that yeah and I, um so there's the best way to learn a language is to live in the country um, no no doubt um, yeah. i i believe the so immersion as a language learning theory is outdated um, uh. simply because we've now learned that it's way better for our brains especially in the beginning when we're starting to learn the language to start from your native tongue it's just the language mm -hmm. that's most is best embedded in your brain um, so it gives you the best jumping off points best connections um, so we always teach let's say english we would teach from german or from french and the course is actually very different because the french language is different to the german language and we teach from your mother tongue to the language that you want to learn it just allows you to progress faster in the in the beginning um, that flips once you progress and then immersion becomes more more important um, what we're trying to do is to to make sure we surround you with more modalities with, with more senses right um, so that you're there's an audio-based learning there's an interactive learning there's a, a, a spontaneous uh, i need to produce speech and actually converse type type learning that comes with peer pressure so um, we we surround you with different methods that complement one another um, and mm -hmm. we're able to lead you through that through that journey um, to personalize your language learning um, journey so that you can achieve your your objective that's what we're really trying to do interesting yeah i wasn't aware of that i was still under the impression that immersion is the is, is the best way forward so that's good to know because it doesn't it means you don't have to move to another country to learn the language in, in the best possible way of course I, I wonder what role does ai play in all of this i mean uh, it's definitely one of the big opportunities for the language learning space um, we're we're a tech company, so we we were we were not taken by surprise. Um, we're you know, we've been using machine learning al algorithms for a while. Um, we've we've watched what's what's happening with neural networks for a while. Um, we um, are already using um, AI technology in some of our um, in some of our um, you know, backend products. So our, our speech recognition, for example, is is fully AI based, um, and we actually need to override the. The built-in speech recognition that you know, Google and Apple, for example, provide because theirs is optimized for. We're trying to guess what you're trying to say, mm -hmm. um, so we'll 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 fill the gaps. We'll you know override mistakes. We'll try to understand as much as we can and guess what you wanted to say. Whereas 
as a language learning company, the expectation is a different one where we, we need to give you feedback what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, um, where you can improve, um, where you can be more accurate, um, where there are more elegant uh, ways to say the same thing. So um, we actually need to, to, to override the built-in speech recognition that the, the tools have. Just one, one example where we already use AI and then obviously AI can be a great sparring partner, conversation partner um, down the road that, that builds a nice bridge between our, our app, which is a, a, a closed uh, a closed space, you and the machine, no peer pressure, and then the, the group setting, which is full peer pressure and spontaneous. Um, there's a nice conversational element in, in between those that we can fill with AI. Mm, ah, super interesting. And uh, I mean, you mentioned you're a tech company. And as far as I know, the, the founders were basically they had a tech background, but the product didn't quite work in the beginning. So there was definitely a journey. So could, could you speak to that? I found that quite interesting. Yeah, um, indeed, our first product was a was a failure, um, I, and, I, and I think that's actually a great part of our our history, a great moment in our history, because um, not because we overcame it and were successful now, but, but but because we actually used it as a learning opportunity, and we le learned how to overcome failure and and how to how to learn, um, which is which is really important even to the day, because we're we're a business that's very dependent on. On innovation, we're we're very dependent on reinventing language learning every single day because we're we're trying to revolutionize a space that uh, like uh, come up with learning experiences that don't exist yet. We don't. It's not about 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 copying something and making something faster. It's really about rein, reinvention. So for us, really important. Um, we actually learned that language learning is about more than just the technical features and about digitizing a book right it's not just the tech um, but there is the the human interaction and how our brains learn that plays an important role um, which actually brought us to, to or we, we ended up bringing in didactics and linguistics experience very early on and that since then have really been working in a tandem between tech and and learning content or the learning experience basically combining the best of uh, human solutions and, and tech solutions, um, right? The how do our brains learn, essentially a human problem, and then tech, how to best serve that that need um, is then more the, the delivery mechanism. Um, and that's why, you know, we, 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 we don't teach you sentences like, I don't know, the, the mouse is blue and the elephant sits under the table. All of them are grammatically correct. You can, <laughs> you know, maybe even use the vocabulary at times, but you would, they're completely useless sentences and they're very hard for a brain to remember. Um, and you only get that when you don't machine generate the, the content that it's easier for our brain to, to, to grasp onto, onto more relevant uh, concepts and, and uh, it needs to be embedded in an environment. So we, we actually have been teaching um, in a conversational setting since then and uh, have been very, very effective. Mm. It's super interesting because a lot of language learning, let's say school books and, and, and you know, also books for adults, you, you read these sentences and think, no one says this, so why is this in here? So <laughs> I don't have an explanation, but it's, it's good you point to the fact that it is not just useless, but also counterproductive because that's not how our brain works. So, I mean, Bubble is about, what, 15 years old? And um, I was wondering, what have you learned about human communication in that time? What are, say, top three learnings that we can all benefit from? Mm. I think what's what's the the one thing that surprised me when I uh, came to to Babel uh, eight years ago, um, we actually see very little difference in the success rate of of learners. So you know, there is this <clears throat> misperception that 
you know, um, old, old, the older generations uh, find it harder to learn because our brain you know, finds it harder to learn new things. Um, and yes, from a physiological point of view, our brain is not quite as perceptive to, to new information um, when it's 80 years old versus if it's, if it's uh, 10 years old. Um, but we see that um, you know, uh, older learners, uh, more experienced learners are actually more experienced in learning. So they, they game their own system um, and have learned how to, how to learn over time. And so they're as effective as a 15-year-old um, um, if you really put in the same, uh, same amount of time. Um, so I think that's, that's one misperception that I found super interesting. interesting. The other myth buster um, that, that, that struck me was um, we, we tend to think that uh, people learn before they go on vacation, before they go on a trip. Um, but we actually find that it's a bit of both and probably rather the after they're on a trip because we just need to be reminded of how stupid we felt, how out of place we felt, how um, you know um, alien we felt um, in, a, in another environment, not speaking the language, um, to, to get the, the stimulus to learn because it's, it's a big decision. And um, you, know, you know you're going to have to put in effort. You know you're going to have to put in time. You know that you're going to have to spend money. You know that you're going to make mistakes. That's like the 100% uh, assurance. Um, so it's not, a, it's not an easy decision for us. Um, and we don't really know where to start because we never really learn how to learn a language, right? You know, your mother tongue is gifted mm -hmm. to you, your professor, your teacher, your first company. People decide how you learn languages before you do it on your own. Um, so we, we see that we all need help and we need help in making that leap of faith. Yes, it's possible for me. I can learn a language and I'll get started now. Um, and I think that's where it's really important to just see um, millions of Babel learners being successful every single year. Um, that gives everyone a lot of confidence. Yeah, amazing. Uh, give, us a, give us a sense of your, your size. So how many people use Babel these days and how many countries, how many languages? Yeah, so we have um, um, a few million subscribers right now. Um, we've, um, I think we're on to 16 million um, cumulative subscribers over the lifetime of the company, so quite a, quite a large number. And wow. um, that's why I say we, we have served um, very successfully uh, millions and millions of learners, and, and we do that every year um, and, and growing. Um, so we're, we're very happy that we're having an impact on their, on their lives. And I think what's equally important is than the, the single experience, right? We, uh, I, I love the, the big number, the millions of learners, as much as I love the single story of, uh, let's say, a, a US learner who um, learned a, a Italian to speak to you know, the Italian part of the family who uh, was actually, um, you know, hadn't spoken to the American side of the family in over 30 years. There was a family feud. Uh, they weren't like, you know, it was basically a family war. Um, and, you know, language learning was one part of bringing the family back together. And he actually managed to mend that, that family feud, which had been there for, for 30 years. And we were a part of his uh, a solution kit, at least, mm. um, which obviously is fantastic. Um, so you don't just see, yes, it's possible to learn language, but you also see the, the impact that then has on, on human life. So what's great about language learning is we get the big numbers and we get the, the impact. I love how you use storytelling to, to make it tangible. And I wonder, how do, so do you actively seek out user stories that you can then use internally and externally to, you know, get, get away from this um, very abstract level of millions of users? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's actually one of the 
one of the fallacies of the the online companies uh, or digital companies you 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 have so much data at your disposal um, and so useful in in many ways um, that you sometimes think that you know more about your customer than you really do um, so we we constantly try to force ourselves to think deeper and and, and to empathize deeper um, to, to look for the why behind the behavioral data that we see in the app uh, to look at the why behind you know, I'm I'm ready to learn a language now to look at the the why you you stop learning um, and really try to empathize with that um, one level deeper and that's where the the single mm -hmm. cases actually help. Um, yeah. I I speak to to our customers on a on a really regular basis just to stay in touch, and it helps motivate you as well. Um, in our case, absolutely, I love that. I love that you speak to the customer. <laughs> they probably yeah they probably be quite surprised to hear from you. So okay, <laughs> that's that's interesting. I mean, 60 million users in the lifetime of Babel and any, any founder CEO listening probably think, mm, I wish I had 60 million users. So how did you manage to get 60 million users? What, what advertising, what marketing, what communication, PR worked for you? There must have been quite the journey. Yeah, and and I won't uh, I won't sugarcoat it. It's not easy, um, and it, it's not easy to to mm. be a better version of yourself every every year and to reach out to even even more learners. Um, where already one of the largest language learning companies on on planet Earth. Um, you know, just in terms of size, it's a relatively fragmented market, mm -hmm. um, and I think our strength in marketing has definitely re helped us to to reach that scale. Um, the I mean, the, the examples you mentioned, um, you know, what, what has worked is probably all of them. Um, before I go into, into single channels or single um, you know, ads, um, I would say we're, we're really good on some of the principles. Um, the first one being we're relentlessly focused on ROI. Um, so the return on investment, every single advertising euro spend has to have a payback attached to it, um, no matter what and no matter where. Um, and we really track that um, outcome of every single um, euro spend and then um, really optimize for the marginal euro spend and the lifetime margin of that last uh, euro spend. Um, and that has really helped us to build a, a cash generative um, a marketing engine um, despite the strong growth. Um, because we, we always know that um, our investment will come back in X amount of months um, and, and then start, uh, start paying dividends after that. Um, we've never been growth at all costs, but rather on the sustainable growth side, um, which, which is a bit ironic to say these days because it felt really out of fashion a few years ago and is very much in fashion uh, today. Um, so we've always uh, worked like that um, because it's, it, it never made sense for us to overpay for the for the single um, acquisition. The second um, principle, I think, is that we we've always used tech for marketing. Um, we've we've had you know some of our founders who are um, software engineers lead the marketing team early on, and they were actually really good in building logics and and, and systems for um, especially the digital side of of marketing. Um, and we were one of the first companies in Berlin to have a marketing technology team. Um, we we focus a lot on you know improving our conversion rates, on the monetization, on reducing our, our cost of goods sold. So there's a lot that goes into the plumbing um, that that you don't see when you when you just look at the ad, and I think the third principle is a is a really strong focus on testing and learning. Um, we 
Test, 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 test. Um, also in our marketing team, not just in in, in our in our product development. Um, and it's obviously a benefit that that we're an online pure player, so we we see the we can see you from the ad all the way to the to the conversion into the to the subscription and into your learning journey. Um, so that that obviously obviously helps. Mm. Um, you asked what has worked for us. Um, obviously, digital marketing is the bulk of our our spend. Um, yeah. That's kind of you know our real estate for traffic, um, you know, make, making sure there's, um, that, that when you're ready to learn a language that we're, we're present. Um, but we, we've also been really successful in finding undervalued placements on TV and radio and podcast ads um, with influencers. So all of them, we make them work for, for Babel and for, for our target group. Um, I think one of the, the examples is um, we, we've actually found news shows on on u.s television to be undervalued for our um audience and to work extremely well um, okay. um we also have i think a, a movie sponsoring with with arte which has been live for seven years now um and is still still running because it's very very successful um and again the same relentless roi orientation goes for for those channels and we're we're obviously well known for our content marketing skills um, I think it helps that we're in language learning and we can insert ourselves into just about every context because wherever there's text and language or spoken uh, language, um, we, we have a role to play. Um, and we were very early and, and very honest when content marketing and, and native ads actually popped up um, and, and used the, um, you had to have real content and relevant content behind the ad, um, use that to our advantage because we, we obviously had a lot of magazine content that told you or taught you how to learn a language with an app. Um, we had to do a lot of education early on to, to make you understand that digital learning works. And yeah. so using that content in our marketing has really worked. Interesting. Um, well, what about the sort of top of the funnel? What we what you've described now is probably more middle, um, the lower end of the funnel. So top of the funnel, PR, storytelling, um, brand building. Yeah, I think we're, um, we're one of the most successful companies when it comes to that. Um, Absolutely. No, That's why I wanted to know how the, they did it. The caveat, um, <laughs> despite never really separating it from the ROI orientation. Um, I think that's uh, we we actually managed to attach an ROI to every single euro spent. Interesting. And build a brand and a strong reputation and and high reach um, because we've we've managed to make the executions work for um, for for the the business as well. Um, I think one of the big levers is just satisfied satisfied customers. Um, if you deliver on your promises, especially in language learning, where yeah. customers come to you not really being sure whether they'll be successful, um, it's really helpful if you deliver successful learning outcomes, mm -hmm. um, because then they'll come back, they'll they'll be your, your advocates, they'll tell your uh, their their friends about you. Um, we now have multiple years. You mentioned the 15, 16 years. We have years and years of satisfied learner cohorts now. Um, we have been. You know, actively um, spending on uh, the market education, how to learn a language. Is it possible to learn with an app? Um, we, we've been actively marketing the, the brand for um, a long, long time now, especially in, in Germany. And I think our brand awareness is 88 plus percent now. Um, so very, very high. Must be crazy. Yeah, it's a great brand name as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think that helps as well. So, so memorable as well. Um, I would love to double click on what you mentioned about, you know, the brand building has a, has a great return on investment. So how, how do you do that? Or could you give an example of, uh, okay, there was a brand building PR measure, but actually it paid off? 
Again, we don't differentiate in terms of the ROI, whether it's uh, you know, brand building or um, or um, whether it's mm -hmm. um, you know, conversion oriented. So whether it's more top of funnel or, or bottom of funnel, um, it needs to pay out. Um, we have the benefit of being able to run more longitudinal uh, studies across or, or models across our, our marketing mix. So we you know, uh, we know that it, it takes more time for a TV placement to pay out than it takes for a search ad simply because you're in a, a different point in your um, in yeah. your thought process and your decision process um, and we can we can kind of predict that by by now um, which really helps um, to make the the media and the investment work um, we we do a lot of the brand building actually through the 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 creative through the the content through the ads um, so you'll you'll find a lot of wittiness and and you know um, opinions and statements in in how we market um in, in the in the actual assets um rather than in the placement or um in do we spend money in yeah. channel a or or b so yeah. so that's where we we spend time and, and i'm we, we've had so many successes it's hard to point one out um, i think in the early content marketing days there were there was one video about um, polyglot twins which went viral um Two, two twins talking about how they learn a, a new language every year. Um, I think they were already on their um, more than 10th language at the time um, and still going, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so um, that, that was a, a really good one because it was so amazing to, to see. Um, and it was so st standing out. We had a really strong campaign which, uh, which used um, actually an alien as the, the personification of the problem that we're trying to solve. If you don't speak the language in another country, you feel... <laughs> in English, alien, right? right. And, uh, you know, there's visualizations of that and, and it was <laughs> it was a strong visualization of the um, of the language learning problem. Um, and by now we, um, we 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 know our learners so well that we can we can tap into into single insights quite uh, quite uh, quite strongly. Um, so you know, for for Great Britain, we we had a campaign which um, which actually tapped into a uh, kind of self-image that Brits have themselves that they're some sometimes a bit embarrassing as tourists um, abroad. Mm -hmm. um, so we were we were giving tips how not <laughs> to be that Brit um, um, abroad, which uh, uh, which also worked really well. Yeah. So I think it's it's understanding yes. consumers better that uh, and the learners better that really yeah. helps. Yeah, and and mix of entertainment and some you know I I get it. Uh, wink, wink. So I love it. I love it. That's that's amazing. Let, let's talk about you as a leader. Um, I think the team is now over a thousand people strong, based in many countries. And I, I believe you said once that you had to learn how to be CEO, right? So could you talk talk to us about that journey? It must be it must have been fascinating um, for you to step up. Um, you're not one of the founders. You're the CEO and have been for I think seven years. But what has that journey been like? Yeah, so I, um, I started as CMO um, and then became mm -hmm. the CEO four years ago. Um, it's it's really been a, a continuous learning journey, um, and I'm I'm still learning today, even after four years of being being CEO. Um, I had at the at the transition point, I had a, an amazing privilege, and that was a eight month long handover period where my, my predecessor, one of the founders, Marcus Witte, was uh, you know, co-CEO um, together with me. And I, I basically, you know, uh, Siamese twinned uh, uh, with him for, uh, for a long period. Um, I surrounded myself with, with mentors and, and a network. Um, and I was actually really surprised how many very experienced tech CEOs were willing to give me hints and pointers um, and felt that was a real, uh, real privilege at the, at the time. Um, I, I did um, 
what I called uh, internships or mini internships inside the company. Really, every single team at Babel, um, I spent, I don't know, half a day or a day with them really through the, the whole value chain, um, which went from participating in a, in a full sprint um, across all artifacts to, to pressing the button on an, an Android release. Um, I spent time cleaning our coffee machines. I spent time in customer <laughs> service, um, solving real u user problems on a, on a daily basis. Um, and it's really powerful since you learn about the, the impact that then later CEO decisions sometimes have on team A or area A. Um, and that was the, the surprising bit. I really started to appreciate the, the hard work, the dedication that goes into building such an amazing product and keeping this team running. It, it actually made me proud of, of being you know, part of Babel, being uh, what we call a Babylonian. Um, obviously work with a coach just for my, my personal learning um, and then um, really um, make sure that I, 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 I learn from, from my mistakes and, and uh, from things that I'm, I'm really good at um, and consistently ask for feedback from the team because one of the dangers of being the CEO is that you start being a bit in your own bubble. Um, it is a privileged position and feedback is just harder to come by um, or real honest feedback is harder to come by. Um, so I need, to, I need to make an extra effort to, to get there. I think that, that was my kind of toolkit to, to get ready and still um, developing that, that, that toolkit as I, as I go. That's fascinating. And, and how do you communicate with, your, with a thousand strong team? How, how, do you, how do you do that? What's your preferred method that you think is really effective that others can learn from? Yeah, that, that's also something I uh, keep on keep on shaping and that keeps on, on developing. I think what, what um, I care deeply about when it comes to communication is, is first of all, transparency. Um, so being really open and transparent about our vision, our goals, our challenges, um, not to sugarcoat things, um, not to you know, bullshit my way out of situations uh, with political answers that just do cover-ups. Um, I believe candor and transparency win the day um, and, and create more trust over time, even if it's the harder path in the, in the single situation. Um, so we really keep our employees uh, closely informed about everything from our financial numbers and financial health of the company to our strategy, to our visions, to um, you know, even our future plans. Um, it, it just helps them um, connect the dots, uh, helps create a common language. It's the, the groundwork for um, actually the, the next principle I'd, I'd mentioned, which is empowerment. It only works when you're transparent about the, the direction, then can you be right. empowering. Empowerment is the second one. And um, if you mm -hmm. want to trust your team to make decisions and take ownership, um, then you need to actually uh, be very transparent and ensure that they have the right backing and the, and the, and the right um, uh, transparency to, to make their own decisions. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's something that I, I care deeply about and why I invest heavily into, into communication in, in, in all directions. And I think the, the third one is in inclusivity. Um, I personally have a tendency to build teams that are extremely diverse, uh, maybe sometimes too much, um, simply because we're, um, as I said before, we're, we're an innovation-dependent business. We're reinventing something that doesn't exist yet. Um, so we need to make sure that we, we bring the, the you know, we leverage the, the, the power of diversity in, in all directions for, for a better learning experience. And um, formats that, have, um, that, I, that I introduced and that have actually worked uh, really well for 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 Babel is is um, an ask me anything format, which is mainly around transparency, where um, every single employee can ask a, a question um, to me or the the executive team, and um, made a clear 
promise I will answer the question. There it won't be, uh, uh, you know, we, I won't sidestep it. Um, you'll get a straightforward and honest answer, even if that's I don't know um, as, an, as an answer. Um, I did weekly CEO videos, especially during the pandemic where you know, we had to go more, more hybrid. Um, that was that was really powerful. We do Monday stand-ups with the whole company, so we we meet as a as a team. And then for the larger um, for the larger broadcast uh, topics like a, a new strategy or um, when we released our company purpose, we we do town halls where we really meet for a long time and discuss as a as a team and, and really go deeper into into the topic. So just a, a couple of formats that work really well for us. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're following the push-pull exchange formula, which which I, I also believe is, is probably the best approach that you you push the information out, but you also uh, pull information in to hear what's going on and also exchange in smaller groups, which um, can also be extremely powerful. Yeah, and where, where, we, where we are probably slightly different to other companies is where we're very participatory in how we work. Yeah. Um, so... Mm -hmm. Just to give an example, when we when we made our company purpose explicit a few years ago, um, we it, it wasn't you know a team of a couple of people uh, copywriting it up, and then the executive team decided, yep, that's it. Um, but it was actually soundboarding, um, interviews, um, working sessions with uh, volunteers across the, the company. Um, again, soundboards once we had uh, ideas. Um, and yeah, in the end, we had to end up on, you know, one wording, um, you know, creating mutual yeah. understanding um, um, uh, through language. But um, that was really a participatory process. And, and it really helps because um, then you, you understand what's already there and you build on the strength that's already there it's not you know uh, you don't get sidetracked by the i, I want to be something something different in the in the future um i think that's what makes us strong that we're we're very rooted in our in our culture and that that participatory spirit yeah creating mutual understanding through language yes that's your purpose i love it and it's surprising that that came out of a participatory uh, process <laughs> because sometimes you get something that is you know drafted by committee and long winded but i love it how it came came together and just proves that you can go through such a process and, and get to something that's really valuable i love that it tells us not just what you do but why you do it and and doing that elegantly in what six seven words so that is fantastic um just to change topics a little bit before we close um, I wanted to ask you about the planned IPO which must have been quite a challenging time so for context uh, a few years ago you, you announced you wanted to go for an IPO which probably makes sense it's a tough market we all know this um, it didn't happen so I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of a lot of interesting lessons that we can maybe all take something away from so I wondered if you'd be willing to share some of those yeah I think um, to to explain the the the, the background to it um, we um, were I think three days uh, before our, our planned uh, listing date when, when Evergrande, the Chinese real estate company, um, said they might default on some of their loans. Um, and those loans added up to 300 billion, I think, at the time. Um, so the markets were just very, very busy with uh, you know, billions and billions in, uh, in, in, in stock uh, price losses, um, where you know, a, a tech IPO in, in Germany wasn't at the, at the top of the list. And we, we actually were faced with a pretty difficult decision of, do we launch ourselves into that market? Or do we, do we actually think we, we have a better 
market in the future and a, a better chance of launching ourselves in the pub, into the public domain. Um, and we, we said we'll, we'll come back later and we'll, when we're anyways in a stronger position and when the market is less in, in, in turmoil. And I think in hindsight, um, now one of the smartest decisions that we've, we've taken, unanimous decision um, across all, uh, all bodies that had to make that decision. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, I've learned a lot about um, not trying to I don't know, crystal ball, the financial markets. Um, I haven't met anyone who was able to. Um, there's always nope. a few that are right and there's always a few that are that are wrong. Um, I, I now know what a you know how hard the process is to, to get a company public and um, how um, you know what the what the what the price is that that you also have to have to pay later on um, of, of you know everything that comes with with being a public company the the cost the the admin the 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 scrutiny um so um right now we're we're in the fortunate space that we're um and you know growing stronger than we were back then innovating faster than we were back then we're a bigger team um, and we've we've yeah. progressed faster than we thought and so we we feel like we're in the strongest position ever yeah um and it's obviously a a great communication training as well because uh, you know, you get to speak to to super super smart people around the world who make uh, um, you know, million dollar or billion dollar investment decisions, um, and who who scrutinize everything you do on a on a, a daily basis with a with a different perspective. So it was a, it was a fantastic learning experience, both from a how to communicate and to sharpen your uh, your 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 communication and your story, um, as well as a, a strategy training because you got free strategy advice um, through hundreds of, of conversations. Interesting. Well, yeah, I can imagine it must have been. Quite the journey. Now, looking forward before we close. So, what what's next for Babel? Anything you can share? Can announce? What are you What are you up to in twenty twenty four? I think we'll we'll uh, we'll reach even more learners and and get them happily and successfully learning. I think that's one. We'll we'll make sure that our ecosystem delivers more more learner outcomes and and more successful learning. Um, we'll make sure it, it you know, um, integrates together better. We'll we'll start inserting AI based um, you know, learning methods. Um, we'll we'll make sure that our content is more more relevant um, to you you personally, um, so that those are all areas where you can expect um, innovation to happen, um, and yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted if anything um, if anything else happens. Keep keep going. Uh, that that's fantastic. My final question is always this: What is your best piece of communications advice for everyone listening out there? Oh wow, that's. Uh, <clears throat> So actually, uh, for for a, a former marketeer, that's a that's a nasty question because it, it forces me to simplify it down to to one thing. Um, I I would I would say just stay true to yourself and and be authentic. I think that's the that's the key. Um, you you won't over over time as a as a CEO you don't get away with doing something you don't or saying something you don't believe in or that you're not gonna be able to to deliver. So um, I think that's that's absolutely key. Um, so for me that's really staying true to our purpose to 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 my personal values. Um, it it just makes you connect better with an, an audience if you're um, if you genuinely believe um, in in the mission in the strategy and the values that you're portraying and that you're you're communicating about um, it just makes uh, makes a big difference on the on the on the audience there's a difference between reading a script and truly believing what you're saying and truly believing it and it links to what you said earlier that um, sometimes it's it's harder in the short term to be authentic to be honest and and just put it out there but makes things easier in the long run i think that's a great lesson for, for communicators marketers and and for ceos out there anna Shepke, thank you so 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 much for taking the time 
Anna is the CEO of Babel, the chief Babylonian, and I really appreciate his best taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you, Anna. Much appreciated. Thank you, Oliver. And thank you all for listening. See you all next week.